Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer living on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious and prosperous existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey there, welcome to A Voice for Love. This is Surya, and I'm so excited today to welcome my special guest, Michelle Villarosa. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is, I'm so excited. I've been following your podcast and following you on Instagram and your messages, and I'm just so honored to be here and appreciate you sharing your messages of love. It's always so enlightening. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited that we finally figured out a time to connect because I've been <laughs> I've been wanting to have you on for a while and talk about some of the things that you're doing because I also love what you're doing and I love what you're posting and I'm really drawn to a lot of the things that you're sharing about. So I'm excited to, to talk more. And you are in Singapore right now, yes? I am. Yeah, I'm in Singapore. Thankfully, I made it back here. <laughs> I was somewhere else for a little while, but yeah, on the other side of the world, bright and sunny, tropical Singapore. <laughs> nice. I haven't been there yet, but I've heard so many amazing things about Singapore. I, I hope to visit there one day. So tell us a little bit about, I know a little bit about your, your journey and you said, you know, you were somewhere else and tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in the past year because you've been on a little <laughs> bit of an adventure. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of a surprise adventure for sure. Yeah, I can't, it's already been a year. Hard to believe that this time has passed. So nice to be back though on this soil um, to reflect on the past year. So around this time last year, it was like in March, I guess it was, my mom and dad had come to visit Eric, my husband and I here in Singapore um, after kind of a tough year in 2019. So they came and stayed with us for a month. We, you know, showed them around and whatnot. And then we thought, oh, it would be a really great idea to go to the Philippines because my family, our family is there. We have some land and we're building something. It would be good to kind of hit two birds with one stone kind of thing. And so we decided to go on this like 10-day trip to the Philippines to a small island called Shargao, which is south of Manila and east of the Philippines, and then um, go to Manila to visit some family. Well, we hopped on the plane on like March 12th, I think it was. And as you know, it was kind of the beginning of the pandemic just starting to brew. And at that time, we're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's fine. It's just over there. We'll be fine. No big deal. Um, well, <laughs> we ended up landing and we were probably one of the last planes to land on this island before they shut down the whole country. And we were just funnel, you know, just it, it was so fast at that point put into quarantine. There were many rumors that came up because um, it was a very small village, a very small community that we stayed in and they thought that we brought COVID. That There was one rumor that went around that said, and someone said like, oh, there's a Korean girl from Singapore who brought COVID to the community and she's eating in this eatery right now with her parents. <laughs> so that was the beginning of that of, of 2020 for us of the pandemic and 
we ended up, yeah, getting stranded. I say stranded, quote unquote, because it was actually quite the most beautiful thing for us. Stranded for 10 months on that small little tropical island. Wow. <laughs> well, I was following you the whole time. And so I was like watching the whole thing unfold. I didn't realize that you were on such a small island. I didn't realize that. And wait a second. Are you Korean? No. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, Korean girl brought COVID? I'm like, you're not even Korean. What are you talking about? Like, your family is from the Philippines, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, so not only were you stranded, how long did it take them all to get over that? <laughs> it's funny. I probably heard that rumor through some friends I had made about four months, five, six months afterwards. So I think they were scared of me for a good, like, month. <laughs> so oh, would stay, they would stay away from me they weren't it was kind of strange for somebody you know I'm like very um social and I like to talk to people and greet people and connect but yeah I know it was like a ghost town partially because people were quarantining and also because they thought I was carrying COVID <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so so one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you is because, and I know that this was something that you discovered during your time there, was that you sort of reconnected with your ancestral roots there and you learned more about Indigenous Filipino healing ways. And I would love for you to share anything or whatever you feel called to about that, because that's fascinating to me and not something I know anything about, and I'm sure a lot of others don't either. Yeah, I would love to. It's such a story that started quite some time ago. And I think, um, you know, I never really had such a deep connection to my ancestors. I grew up in North Vancouver, uh, Canada, and honestly, predominantly had Caucasian friends. And I think that really influenced and impacted the way that I grew up and was not as connected to my Filipino heritage. Um, and it wasn't until I actually moved away from Singapore, or sorry, from Vancouver and moved to Singapore and started reconnecting to the Philippines. I think it was in 20, <clears throat> well, if this is funny, your ancestors called to you in so many ways. And, and now I realize when that first calling came. And it was in 2000, I want to say 2008, I was living in San Diego with my first partner, my first husband at the time, and we didn't really travel so much. So I really wanted to organize a trip to go to the Philippines. He, he wasn't disturbed and I thought, okay, let's, let's see where we can go surf in the Philippines. And Shargao Island popped up. So I was actually supposed to go to Shargao Island back in 2008, 2009. And at that time, there's really no tourism. And then fast forward to 2017, and this all ties in for sure with, with um, the ancestral call. In 2017, um, my now husband and I went to the Philippines and we visited Shargao Island and we fell in love. The island is pure magic. It is raw, untouched, full of nature. And the sense of community runs deep there. And there was something so familiar about it, even though I'd never been there before, but it just in ways felt like home. It's one of those things where you, it's, it's a feeling, right? And I knew that um, my family predominantly were from the north of the Philippines. So I didn't know, I didn't realize that there was any connection here. I didn't think there was a connection in that sense. I do know that my grandpa grew up in Mindanao, south of the Philippines, which was in the vicinity in the area, but I didn't know it was how close it ended up being. So in 2017, I was there. And then in 20, I guess it was 2018, Eric and I decided to purchase some land there. Um, I had this vision actually in a meditation of 
creating a wellness space. And I saw exactly what it looked like um, on the top of a hill overlooking the ocean. And later that year, we went searching for land. And we didn't find it until the very last day. We went on a trip for a couple of days to look for land. And we touched on the land. We were kind of feeling demotivated because nothing was really coming up as how we were hoping and what was feeling right in the heart until we reached this last plot of land on the last day. And it was exactly, exactly what was coming up in my vision, what came up in my meditation. So that's important to note because there were so many things that were drawing me to this island already. And then to be then placed on the island for 10 months, there's certainly a bigger, you know, purpose there. And so I started, I started learning about, about ancestral healing and healing arts in the Philippines. They have their history runs deep with Filipino shamanism. They call them Babalans. And I have to say, I'm still in the early stages of sort of understanding this, but it's more the pictures um, that drew me in the books and it's just there's something there that really connected me I just wanted to learn more and I, I know myself if I'm curious about something there's a reason for that it's pointing me in a certain direction a certain path and so I always follow that sort of gut intuitive instinct and I all I, when I was on the island I met a lot of friends and I asked you know who are the healers who there must be healers here. There must be, you know, elders that are still doing old ways of healing their original ways of healing before religion came. And I would hear stories and they would often be funny and like, you know, a friend's getting pregnant and, or a friend is pregnant and um, this older woman would come in with a bunch of burning coconuts and like, blow it in her pelvic area and <laughs> chance of things I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I'd love to meet these people, but it just never transpired until sort of later. I think some things had to happen before that connection was made. Some things had to be learned, but when, when was it? I think it was in August. I was doing a supply run um, to go to another Island just outside of Shargao Island. It's about like a three hour journey because um, I was building a house there and I needed some other supplies and materials. And I went with a few friends who knew the area well. And we had an extra day because we got everything done within the day. And we had a whole day to kind of explore and relax. And so her friend connected with us and was like, hey, let me, let me take you around the island or this area of the island. And we went to the beach. We had a good time. And she'd asked me like... <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. So we had a whole day to, to relax and explore and do the touristy thing. So my friend's friend who they hadn't seen in a very long time, um, was like, Hey, why don't I show you around? I will take you out. You know, it'll be a good day. Okay, great. So we were hanging out at this beach and first thing I noticed was on this beach, it looked like Vancouver and, and here we are in the Philippines. So how's that? It just reminded me of being on a Vancouver beach, more like a pebble beach and looking out into the islands. And it just felt surreal. And I remember the woman asking me, 
where is where are you from? Where are your fam? Where's your family from? Like, oh yeah, they're from Manila, up, and then my mom's up from up north. But I do have my grandpa was originally born in Mindanao, which is the province that we're all the region that we're all in. And she was asking where, and I I, I knew it was. I thought it was like 10 hours away. I thought it was pretty far away. So I decided to text my aunt in Vancouver. And it was late. I wasn't expecting any kind of um, reply back right away, but she ended up replying back. And she said, your grandpa is from this barangay or this village. And I showed the woman and she's like, oh my God, that's right there. (laughs) That's like five minutes away. And we all kind of, our eyes widened, goosebumps, and they're like, do you want to go there? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. Because what I think is a very important thing to notice, I don't know anybody from my Villarosa side of my family, from my grandpa's side. I just know my dad, obviously, <laughs> and my aunt, and um, another aunt. So it would mean potentially meeting. What's that? Say that again. You just went out. So, you, sorry, the sound cut out. So, it's, you said it would mean potentially meeting. It would mean potentially meeting my family, who I did not know. And so we drove, and we got closer. It was kind of like this this game of hot and cold because they would roll down the window and ask, you know, in the dialect that I don't, I can't speak, but basically saying like, "Hey, do you know where the Villa Rosas live?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, just down there." <laughs> like, yeah, just go down further. Oh, yeah, just over there. So it got, you know, hotter and hotter and hotter until we get to this point where the guy across the street is like, yeah, it's right there. That's the complex. That's the Villa Rosa complex. First, I'm like, oh, my God, Villa Rosa complex, and my family's there. And it just butterflies, just I, I was tearing up. I was so overwhelmed with emotion. And then... um yeah. So we get to the door and my friend knocks on it and she's like, hi, we're here visiting. And, and she kind of just opened it up to me. And the first thing though, I see this man come out and he looks like my grandpa, like my grandpa and my dad, like I could tell we were clearly related. And I said, I'm like, hello, my name is Michelle Villarosa daughter of Ramon Villarosa, who's the son of Jose Villarosa, who is the son of Don Ramon Villarosa. So this whole line. And we just stood there like, (laughs) just overwhelmed with emotion and gave each other a big hug. And he welcomed me in and I met, it's a complex of Villarosas. I met 30 relatives in that moment, in that the next few hours and they were just so warm and welcoming and everyone looked like my dad and it was just so incredible it filled my heart and I just felt this sense of old ancient connection you know um our our blood runs deep in this in this few hours together and then the the experience got deeper and deeper and more Wow, just profound. They were like, did you know, or no, they said, did you, do you get your bags of rice? 
Like, what? Um, yeah, you know, the family farm, the Villa Rosa farm is still a rice plantation and um, we send bags of rice. Like, I had no idea. So they took me to the Villa Rosa farm, which has been in the family for eons, you know, since the day of di- the beginning of life, pretty much. And I got to step on the land where my grandpa, who, he's <laughs> just like, yeah. Um, where my grandpa grew up and where he, you know, would play and where my, he would farm and fish and all the stories that he shared just came to life. And so at that moment, all these things connected that just like could never have, you know, I could never have imagined in, in my whole lifetime that this would happen. The reason why I was so drawn to Shargat Island is because my ancestors, bleh, ancestors are calling me back. <laughs> and so, I mean, that just brought me so much closer to not just my people, my family, my ancestors, but closer to what I'm here to do in this lifetime and what I'm here to do in this body. And it just brought all the pieces together to create this bigger picture of why life is happening the way it is, why it happened the way it did and why I'm doing what I'm doing now and why I'm interested in things I'm interested in. Because Previously, like in my earlier years, I was following the wrong path and I wasn't honoring what really brought me joy and what was really calling me in. So that was huge. That was huge. Um, And then what transpired after that was just more, I I explored more of the healer side on the island. And I met, um, well, this is funny, like, it was in November. My birthday is in November. I'm a Scorpio. And I decided it'd be fun to do shadow work. <laughs> because why not? Um, and I didn't really think that I had too much to kind of work through. But, you know, when you go there and you welcome it in. <laughs> I know you do a lot of that work. So <laughs> that's funny. It's like when you think, so you think you don't have a lot of shadow work to do, dot, dot, dot. And then you open the door and it's like, oh yeah, that, that's like the yeah. ignorance is bliss piece, right? <laughs> exactly. It was time. I opened Pandora's box. Um, but what happened was, it was actually a really tough time because in, well, in October we went back into a lockdown and we're quite isolated. And then I decided to go into this space and, um, definitely touched on things that were sort of deeper wounds, but what physically happened though, were I was get, I was getting these sort of the skin, these skin wounds, like, um, these wounds that would not heal. And I, I've never, ever, ever, ever had an issue with my skin. Wounds heal fast. My body is, you know, well and whatnot. But I had, I should send you pictures, but maybe I shouldn't. They're disgusting. But I had so many open wounds on my body, on my hands, on my feet, on my arms, on my back. Um, it, it really brought me into a very depressed state. Um, I 
was not confident in what I was doing. I didn't want to see people. I kind of reclused <clears throat> and hermited just because it just, it felt a painful to be out and moving about and being in the sun. And also I just felt, I didn't feel myself. I felt sort of, yeah, kind of gross actually. Um, but then I got to a point where I, I needed help and <clears throat> I, I went to the clinic uh, and they gave me an antibiotic antibiotic topical cream which made it worse it just really impacted me even more the wounds got well just more wounds and worse and deeper and more raw and my friend I was like hey why don't you talk to Dr. James <clears throat> and he does house calls so I thought you know that's good I don't have to go out and I can talk to him it's more of a consultative experience and dr james um is a young doctor on the island really cool guy and he is exploring more of the herbal medicinal plants on the island because a lot of people on the island don't want to use um like uh, western drugs and so he ended up bringing to me um it's called halilika halilika which is it looks like a succulent and so we started with that and placing it on the wounds. It's an antibacterial, antifungal, and it really just calms down the wounds. And so here we started this, I felt like this ritual <clears throat> with the plant medicine because three times a day, it's a very slow, methodical process of cleaning the wound, placing this beautiful plant on every wound um, and just being in stillness and peace and, and quietude with, you know, just this plant. And also my mom helping me. This was a very important time because my mom and I were kind of having, they're just butting heads. I mean, we're, try living with your mom for 10 months. Like, <laughs> uh, so it was a really precious moment to be working with this, you know, um, native medicinal plant and to be working with my mom as well. Yeah, so all this time spending with my mom, this beautiful native plant, and all for healing. It not just he was starting the healing process for me, but reconnected me to the ancient ways of healing and also my the, the relationship with my mom, which which was so needed. And then as the, as the wounds were getting better, you know, they weren't 100%. They were at a place where they were not um, getting worse. They were kind of in a place of stability. So then my other, my friend who, family friend, we've known for a while on the island, actually one of the first families I met there, she, um, I went to her house just for snacks, just to say hi. And then this woman was walking past their house when we were sort of chit-chatting and my friend Malin was like, hey, just wait. I'm going to ask this woman to come here. I'm like, okay. Well, the woman that she invited in, and I, I, I forget her name. I didn't get the proper introduction, but she is a healer. She's a faith healer. And Malin had been wanting to connect me to this faith healer for quite some time, but it's just, you know, life was busy. But here I was with Malin and this woman was literally walking past us. So she brought her in and it was just so, <laughs> you know, in my mind, when I think of Babylands and um, ancient healers in the Philippines, I think like, okay, they're going to wear certain things and they're going to wear certain, you know, accessories and 
um, they're going to have their tools with them and they're going to look, you know, <laughs> just this like magical being. And not that she wasn't, but she is just so far from what I thought a Baba Land or what a shaman or a faith healer would look like. She was like, you know, like my aunt, <laughs> her t-shirt and shorts and yeah, just going to the market to buy some fish. And so she came and I showed her the wounds that I had all over my body. And so we, we meditated together. She um, stood with me in prayer. And as she was reciting these prayers to God and for my healing, she would blow. She would blow on my skin, blow on my wounds. And it was such a sacred moment all the while, like life is happening all around us. But here we are in this healing moment. It lasted maybe five minutes. And then she was kind of like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go. Bye. <laughs> it was just like that, you know? It's like so, so intentional. Um, and I think it's so beautiful because it's a part of their life. They don't make it like it's, it has to be this big thing, even though it is, it's integrated into their way of being. And so that was opening me up to sort of this better understanding of how they, how they do it now. And so a few days passed and then Malin, my friend said, you know, you should see also Leosio. He's another healer in the town. It's amazing because these people live, you know, only a few minutes away from my house. And these are, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, regular people. And like, obviously, but in my mind, it was like, oh, these are going to be this like, yeah, glowing, levitating person. <laughs> um, and then, so I went to see Leo. So, and he has a different skill set as any healer has their own gifts, their own um, skills, their own talents that are, are given to them. And so what he would do, and he had a long lineup of people, which is funny too, because as we're approaching the house in the Philippines in the evening, they'll um, sell barbecue. So they have like a grill and the barbecue's going, there's smoke everywhere. There's kids running around and playing. The music is loud. It's like, but it's called Badoots. It's like the most annoying music, but that's okay. <laughs> it's like very loud and very beady. Um, and yeah, anyway. So not, uh, not what you would expect from a healing space anyway. And so we go into the house and it's just, yeah, yeah, a very normal Filipino house. And then you've got the soap operas playing in the back and the fish, you know, cooking in the kitchen and the barbecue in the front and people running in and out of the house. And so he sat me there and he didn't really, he couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak the same dialect. So Melon was translating. He would look at the wounds and we, we, we brought, actually, we brought these different types of leaves. Um, and I wrote it down here. They're called Handayamai, Handayamai. And they're these big, very hearty leaves. And we had to bring seven, seven for each wound. There were many wounds, so we had a lot of leaves. And he would, basically, he would take these leaves and he would sort of pass them 
along or touch the surface of the wound. I think it's called pass-pass, pass And so he would just swipe these leaves on the wound seven times. And I asked him why seven. And he said, just so that the wound or the spirit or the energy does not return. And I know also the number seven is a very powerful spiritual number in um, direct line of the divine. There's so much to it, but for him it's like, so it doesn't come back. And so he did this for each wound, as well as reciting prayer and blowing on the wound. And he did it, we were there for probably about 30 to 40 minutes. And I asked him because, you know, what an opportunity to meet a healer um an ancient from ancient times and i asked you know when when did you know that you are a healer how did you know because i'm on the same path i was i realized i'm a healer um i realized in 2019 after the passing of my sister but it kind of unfolded more and more but for him he said you know i didn't want to do it my mom was a healer she was the village healer and i was so far from it. I didn't want to do it. I pushed it aside. But when I was a teenager, my mom had already passed away and she came to me in a dream. And she said, Neosu, you have to be a healer. And so from that day, he started his, his healer path and his journey. And I, I also asked him, like, what do you do to protect yourself, to protect yourself when you're working with so many other people to ensure, you know, their energies don't attach to you and, you know, you're working in this other space. What do you do? Because I also want to learn as well for myself. And he, he gave me a few, um, well, rituals that he would do. And he said he would go to the church at midnight on a full moon. And he would recite prayer. And then he would go to the cemetery on a full moon at night, midnight, by himself and do different rituals and prayers. And I thought, it's so interesting to me because the Philippines is predominantly Catholic. And when I grew up, I was always told, like, the things you cannot do as a Catholic. And some of those things would be, like, ritual, these animistic um, indigenous practices. So I was so surprised because this man um, is doing these indigenous ancient rituals and he's Catholic uh, and he is welcomed and as a, a part of the, a leader of the village of the community. He's also a counselor in the, in the municipality. So it just like kind of blew my mind, you know, how you can, how they've integrated religion and their relationship to spirituality with these old ancient ways of being, which have been there forever since before the Spaniards, you know, colonized the country uh, and, and America and things like that, the Western influences. So that was really eye-opening for me. Um, he had me come back a couple times and we did that again. And, and it did help, actually, for sure. The wounds closed um, so that they could kind of heal on their own without any other medicines, without any topical. Or um, I still, you know, 
pray to that leaf <laughs> and thank it for its energy and of course to Leoso and the other healers. He did other practices as well, um, divining healing practices. There's a sort of, they, it's funny because it's like dual purpose and it's quite funny what they use it for. So on one hand, it's a divining tool. It's, it's like a salt crystal almost. <clears throat> and then they put it in the fire. And depending on how it forms will tell you or tells him what the ailment may be. And so it wasn't for me because he didn't want to use both practices for me or both um, healing rituals for me, but it was for my friend who'd also gone because she was just in her head a lot. And so he did that for her. Um, but they also use this crystal salt for deodorant. <laughs> After they put it in the fire? No, no, that, that you just like put on your armpit. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, a lot of people use crystal deodorant. That's super interesting, yeah. actually. Um, that sounds, it's funny, like I, sometimes I wish people could see my face because I'm really into your story, but it sounds <laughs> similar to, I've traveled in, in Central and South America and it's very mm. similar there. A lot of the indigenous people kind of merge their traditional indigenous shamanic practices with the, the with the Catholicism, I can't say the word, but you know, they'll have the, you know, they're super into Jesus and there, but they're also doing these indigenous practices at the same time. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is. And I, I think it's so great to know that because lately I've been working with a lot of people who have had, I would say, a forced relationship with God and sort of have fallen away from it and created sort of an, a, a hatred towards that um, the institution, I would say. And so now coming into energy healing and um, receiving sort of what I've seen within them when I do the healing, it's reopened their relationship to spirituality in a way that is meaningful for them while still holding space for, um, I would say, the Jesus energy, God energy, but, but defined in their own meaningful way, intuitively. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have, um, sometimes when I work with clients, Jesus will come through and almost every time Jesus comes through, it's someone who was raised either Christian or Catholic. And oftentimes it's interesting. They'll have an interesting, you know, cause sometimes people have bad experiences when mm. they've grown up that way. And so it's always like, I feel like Jesus shows up again. Cause he's like, Hey, remember me. Yeah. <laughs> and usually the invitation is to get to know him outside of the, outside of the constructs of the religion, because that can be, you know, very problematic in, in some ways, but Jesus doesn't yeah. necessarily have to have anything to do with that. Wow. So this is, this is fascinating. I'm like, these stories are amazing. Well, it's interesting that you brought up Jesus too, or what you were just talking about and how he shows up because so after that, um, so that was in around December, I would say. Right. And then end of December, I came back to Singapore which is a whole nother adventure. Um, traveling during COVID is interesting. And so I was in quarantine here in Singapore and I just, for the, for the, I would say since October, I got these signs to do past life work. And I wasn't sure if it was for me to do my own past life work or to work in past life work and to help clients. But of course it starts with you, right? And uh, in January, I ended up connecting a series of things, events happen as they do. And it led me to the path to connect with this woman who does past life work. And it's the reason why I say it's interesting you bring up Jesus is because Jesus was in connection with me in a past life. And what is also fascinating is I'll have to send you these pictures, but 
um, I had these wounds, right? And there were two wounds right in the center of my, the palms of my hands. Like and it, it, it looked like the nails, right? Yeah. That were in Jesus' hands. And she explained the connection there in a past life and why, you know, certain things were happening and whatnot. And honestly, since that time, um, my healings have gotten deeper with clients. I understand more what I'm supposed to be doing. I have a deeper connection with Jesus and that energy for sure. Um, And yeah, it really, really set the, it, it, it solidified so much um and helped me clear some some things from my old ways my old being yeah wow so powerful yeah i've had some really really powerful experiences with jesus and will actually work with him and or he just shows up a lot and i actually i had that happen too once the stigmata i completely i completely forgot about this but this was like more than 10 years ago but um yeah, it was just after I had a really interesting experience with somebody and afterwards the mark showed up in my hands. And, and now wow. come to think of it, um, what, what, what followed that time period was a very turbulent and tumultuous time period that lasted a number of years. And it did kind of start with that situation. Um, so that's very interesting. I've got to <laughs> let my wheels spin around that now too, but I actually completely forgotten about that until you, until you mentioned that. So thank you for sharing. Oh yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's, I don't, I haven't told too many people that because I'm sure some people would be like, you're nuts, but no, it was, it was a profound thing. And it was definitely a a deep part of my healing. My dad's funny. I was, my dad is like not really spiritual at all. um, But he does believe in what I do. And there's things I just can't explain the things that have happened. And so he's like, when I explained this to him, he's like, so Jesus is inside of you. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm still your daughter. You're not raising Jesus. (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I was like, I think it's just part of the healer's path that there's always going to be people that think that you're weird. And, you know, like if you tell people like what we do, it's like me and some of my friends, like we'll laugh about it. We're like, oh, it's just another day. We were like talking to dead people and pulling ghosts out of people. And, you know, just a day's work. (laughs) Like it's, you know, this work is not, um, it's not linear. It's not, uh, it doesn't, you know, a lot of people don't understand understand it and a lot of people more and more I find that they do and that more and more people are awakening and they are having this awareness that like they are more than maybe what they have been told that they are their whole life or you know they're they're experiencing Mm -hmm. it so I see people waking up all all the time and I can even see like even just connecting with you now like how much deeper that you've gone into your your essence like as a being it's like you've just like you know from (laughs) the you know the last time I saw you which was probably in Vancouver at the at one of our angel nights like this was pre-covid you know but it sounds like to me like this whole trip that you went on was some kind of a like an initiation almost like some kind of a (laughs) yeah oh my gosh goosebumps goosebumps (laughs) oh oh my god I was just reading my uh journal entry about when I met with these healers and I titled it initiation today (laughs) it does feel like that it does feel like it was an initiation and I feel like I've I've come to the other side of it. Um, Last month was, I would say the last few months have been a bit of a spiritual grief process of letting go of my old self and coming into this new 
new self, a new being. Um, yeah, definitely felt like an initiation for sure. It's hard going through those things, but there's certainly light on the other side. There's definitely purpose in it. And I love what you're saying too, and that you, you're feeling like a lot of people are awakening to it. And like, we can talk about these sort of um, topics that we would shy away from more openly. And I do enjoy speaking up about it and just seeing how people respond. And I'm delighted to actually be surprised that people are saying, oh yeah, yeah, I've had this experience. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Even just the fact that they say that makes sense is like, okay, the, there's more to it than meets the eye. And um, I think when you just open the conversation, it gives them the safe space to to talk about it because they were probably like you and didn't want to share these things and now you're creating an open and safe space to to share so yeah I, I'm so happy that people are opening up and sharing and it, it builds a community around it a, a belonging well and it sort of normalizes it too it normalizes because maybe people have had these experiences or they have had little mm -hmm. glimpses of this but they either didn't know what it was or they didn't take it right. seriously or they just you know because a lot of people even even as children if you watch children you know children are very magical they have all of these gifts but unless they're sort of nurtured and um you know brought up in an environment where those things are understood then usually they go but i just want to i have this little like profound thought just a moment ago i was like wait a second i'm yeah. like what if covid is like some kind of a global initiation like it, it kind of is because it's like mm. this, it reminded me of um I went on this crazy trip to China with my with my Tibetan teacher and like all of our group and it was crazy we didn't actually make it to our final destination sadly which oh. was my teacher's village it was like going to be the trip of a lifetime the you know the Chinese government was not having us it was it was mm. hilarious there was over a hundred of us there was a group of Tibetan monks a group of uh, Taiwanese nuns and then a group of Westerners all together like no we're not a heat oh, score yes. at all there was this rich guy from Shanghai driving like a group Porsche and like we were a heat score for sure <laughs> but the point but the point I'm trying to make is you know we did not get the whole point of this trip was to go see our teacher's village he lives in a legit remote Tibetan village like so cannot get any more authentic than this it was like the trip mm. of our lifetime but mm. nobody got mad nobody got angry nobody everybody we just rolled with it we ended up meeting one mm. of the reasons for our trip was actually so my teacher and his teacher have been reincarnating for over nine lifetimes um they're nine times reincarnations of one another he's this is how i know marina too actually is through this oh. our Rinpoche. so the, the 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 young boy who is the reincarnation had just been born again so we went to meet him now we were supposed to meet him in the village in tibet but we ended mm. up meeting him in a five-star hotel in the city <laughs> because the rich guy from Shanghai, there was nowhere big enough for us to stay except for the five-star hotel. So the rich guy from Shanghai paid for all of us to stay in this uh, hotel. So it was so funny. But I'll never forget, um, my teacher said to us, he said, you know, I'm so proud of you guys. And this is how I know the Dharma is working. I know the Dharma is working because none of you are mad. None of you are angry. Everybody's just going with it, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's sort of like right now what we're being asked to do you know like we're mm. in all of these situations it's like you like you didn't plan to like be on a small island in the Philippines <laughs> for 10 months but it's like okay here you are and that's what the initiation is too it's like life presents itself something and it's like okay how are we going to deal with this totally it's it's about I think the minute that you go with the flow <laughs> you hear it a lot but you kind of go with the trust and the faith and just work with what is coming it is 
it, it, it becomes smoother in the sense that you're accepting of it. And then if I find personally that what is meant to happen happens a little bit faster actually. Um, and is a very magical and, and loving journey. I think, um, yeah, I think when I, when I moved from Vancouver, it was hard because I didn't want to, I'm like, Oh, why would I leave? I've got a good job. I've got friends. It's a good life. I've got a good home, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when I moved last time, it wasn't such a positive experience. So why would I want to do it again? But when I let go of that and quit my job and um, the things I was holding on to, that's when I was more in flow with the universe, with God, with, you know, divine, and was in a space of co-creating with the energies that were moving with me. Um, yeah, so much trust. And I do feel like the pandemic was is like this initiation in the sense that we are exactly where we need to be. We are learning exactly what we need to learn. And the environment that we're in is giving us that. So if we can change our perspective a little bit, we can flow with the energies that surround us. Mm, absolutely. I, I love that. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine who's in Goa, India right now. Mm. And that's exactly what we were saying. Like everybody is where they're meant to be. And just like, you know, we're all where we need to be. And, and sometimes, you know, that's where it can be hard is that we're not always where we want to be or where we think we want to be. Yet, you know, I, you, we can always find peace. It's always yes. there if, if you want to, if, if you choose that, if the willingness is there, like I'm going to make the best of this. I'm going to find peace here no matter what. So sure. some of us are doing that right now and some of us are not because some people are, are resisting and they're wanting, I, I, I heard somebody talking about, I can't remember, it was like a healer saying, right now the divine is confused because half the planet is praying yeah. for things to go back to the way that they were and the other planet is saying, please, like let's bring in the new world. So even God doesn't know what to do because it's like, oh, you guys, like make up your mind and it's very interesting yeah. you can see that divide you know there's many of us that are very much like welcoming this and saying yes mm -hmm. like this is the big change you know that we've all been waiting for it's the start of it anyway and then mm -hmm. you know so many other people are, are struggling and suffering and it's because you know they want things to be other than they are right so that's it's yeah. like and that's where that you you nailed it like surrender and going with the flow and acceptance is, is so important because it does it makes things move faster it makes things move smoother and then it opens up the door to these like miraculous possibilities like how did you end up five minutes from your family village like right wow I know. exactly and and so much more like what you think is possible is even greater than what you think um, and just being open to the possibility of it. But I get it. I get it. It's not easy to surrender and to let go and to be in flow. I feel like we use that. So many people in the, in the wellness space, spiritual space, use go and go with the flow um, so much. But like what it means is that it's really hard. It's actually it can be painful to go with the flow because we're meeting ourselves in our truth. And um, it starts with going inward, right? And, and seeing the shadows, seeing the things that make us upset, why sit with our feelings, sit with our emotions, um, and pulling away from these external sort of distractions that, that disconnect from what's happening inside of ourselves. That process is not always easy. So I can understand now yeah, why I have to, don't want to go there yet, but hopefully with, you know, the other half bringing light and messaging and, and, and just save space to go to those places. 
um, we can tip the scales a little bit. <laughs> oh, I, I think we're tipping it already. I mean, my, my friend was telling me that one of her healers believes that we reached mass awakening consciousness already during March, April. And it's because so uh, many people were inside that we literally, I mean, this is the thing. This situation is literally forcing us to go inside. And again, some people are going to react to that well, and some people, you know, maybe not so well. So it's, uh, it's definitely been interesting. And of course, not everyone is in the same yeah so can you tell us a little bit I know that you've mentioned um you know that you're doing healing work and you do energy healing and I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit more about what this is and then also what is Buwa healing I don't know if I'm saying it right but I know that this is your name on Instagram right it's like Michelle Buwa healing so can you tell us a little bit about what that means yeah yeah I would love to so what I do is I create space and supportive spaces for people to connect inwardly to their truth so that they can find fulfillment in being themselves. And so how I am doing that is through meditation, whether it be one-on-one -on -one or group or community meditation, it's been such a grounding um, space for people, especially during the pandemic, a place to belong and just to be as they are. I also do energy healing both in-person and distance energy healing. And if the client would like, I also explore past lives that may be impacting them in this life today. So I do energy healing work, also facilitate ceremonies like moon ceremonies and yeah, bring community together in this way. So all of this is offered through Bua healing. So what's Bua healing? Um, so the bua, I'll have to send you a picture, but the in a in a okay, you know a coconut, right? There's the island of Shargao is covered in coconuts from end to end. All you see are coconut trees. And when a coconut tree matures, when it gets quite old, you'll see it's brown, it's dry on the outside, it's dropped to the ground, it's kind of got the fibers on the outside. And when it drops to the ground, sometimes it can crack. And some coconuts, you'll see this sort of um, stem come out from this brown old coconut. And it's growing this new green stem, leaf sprouting. And so when you crack it open, you'll see in the center of this mature coconut is the embryo, an embryo. And that is called the bua. And it's this sort of spongy round um, embryo seed, right? And it has all the nutrients and essence growing that's protected by this mature coconut. And so why I decided to name my business Bua Healing is because when somebody has come to me for, to come to meditate, to come to um, receive energy healing, their heart has matured and opened up to, I feel when we are ready to receive healing, we have come on this journey and we have matured and evolved in ourselves. So the Bua healing is representative of that journey because this coconut has matured and sprouted something new. And so coming to receive healing, you're opening up to sprout and to receive new energy for yourself, new life for yourself, a new way for yourself. So that's the, the symbolism and the meaning behind Bo Healing. And uh, I wanted it to be a name that 
was inspired from where my healing gifts further developed and evolved, which was when I was in quarantine uh, on Shargao Island, quote unquote, stranded. <laughs> Sounds like a good place to be stranded. I'm like, I, I'm like, I gotta go here. And you, said, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, and so you have land there and you, you, were you building a house? Is that what I heard you said? So during this 10 months, yeah. so it wasn't totally, it sounds like it was all divine during this time. <laughs> you oh my gosh. Groundwork done on your house too? The house is done. Yeah, we moved into the house in November, which is so unheard of. Like, who builds a house during COVID? And thankfully, though, I was there because if I wasn't, it probably wouldn't have happened. And I needed to be there every day to manage the um, the contractor and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, we have the house that got built there. We are also building a co-working eatery social enterprise space that's just renovated and then the big dream which is where it all started was um, a wellness space and so that wellness space that land will be building on hopefully fingers crossed this year wow that sounds incredible i'm like get me to this island right away this sounds so amazing absolutely yeah i especially with this wellness space what i see is and actually this came through from marina um many hearts many hands many minds and so i do see this as a space where people can share their passions and yeah at least i, I would love you to be there and whatever you want to do there <laughs> so I'll, do all the things. I'll bring the bowls I'll bring the, <laughs> I can chant I can all the things yeah yes. that's, yeah that's one of my uh life goals and something that feels right now so limiting of course with COVID is mm -hmm. like the restriction around like of course you can travel but it's so much yeah. more difficult for so many reasons and for me as well so it's like it's just an, it's like feels like a faraway dream even more than ever I'm like oh coconuts tropical <laughs> so so wonderful oh my goodness I can feel um you have a very grounded energy about you I can tell that you're a meditator because you're very um just solid in your in your own space so I'm curious do, have you always been like this or is this something as well that may have come as a result of the past you know the experience that you went through yeah I think um as a child I was always so focused I could spend hours and hours and hours doing one thing drawing beating whatever it might be hours um and then you know when you're teenagers and 20s you kind of go off track <laughs> and um, I think it was yeah once I was going through some hardships I came into yoga and then I came into meditation so meditating is definitely it was the I would say like a gateway towards my um, first initiation in a sense in reconnecting to myself so uh, yeah I, I definitely have a very um spiritual spiritually based meditation practice uh, connecting with the earth and connecting with divine I, I do it before I do anything I meditate and pray before I jumped on this podcast with you I start the day in meditation I if I'm going out to see a group of people and I bring an intention and meditate and pray it's it's like breathing it's you know it's I need that for myself to be whole to show up in my truth and to be connected to earth and, and divine all around me. Yeah. And, you know, meditation is everything. And it's something, you know, right now having a, you know, 
being a single mom with a four-year-old is not something that I get to do as much as I would like. I do find ways to fit it in. Um, But it really is such a key piece in spiritual development. And it's interesting because, you know, people will go around and take all these trainings, but the Mm. meditation is where you integrate it all. The meditation is where it's like almost like where you sit with yourself and then you feel yourself. You feel yourself aside from, you know, apart from all of the stories of the world or stories who you think that you are. And so it's so necessary to, to learn how to sit and it's uh yeah so I can I can definitely feel that in you and and there's just so much wisdom to be found in there I think um and I love by the way uh just going back to your story about the the Shargo Island I love yeah. how you mentioned that the healers just showed up like you know everyday Joe you know <laughs> like I've totally met healers like that too and they're my favorite okay. yeah actually even I don't, you're probably familiar with the Ho'oponopono right Mm-hmm. you like the the Hawaiian prayer the like I love you I'm sorry please forgive me thank you I did some yeah. online training like not in person but with the Dr. Len I, I'm not even going to try to butcher his last name because like his, <laughs> quote, his name Dr. Len for all intents and purposes okay. he's like that too he's just like the most nonchalant guy like this but he's like so powerful and so like he wears a baseball cap and my my guru's guru funny enough who I mentioned earlier like the last mm-hmm. incarnation of him before he passed on yes I know it's complicated people but he was like that too he always wore a fishing vest and a baseball cap like a Tibetan monk that was what he wore that was his favorite thing like it's like looks it's so bizarre you see these Tibetan monks and like there's the great master and he's wearing like a baseball cap and a fishing vest like it's so random you know but I love that because um I think it's so important just to be you just never know some of the most powerful healers I've ever met are are like this just very humble very you would never know anything about them they're just like doing their thing like it's uh it's it's amazing yeah, and I think it makes it so easy for the receiver as well. You see them, we're the same. We're human. We can connect. You're wearing a fishing vest. Like, cool. <laughs> you know? right? Cool. Like, okay. It, that's a good point because, yeah, then it doesn't create the separation. I remember when I was much, much younger, I felt like in order to be spiritual, I had to, like, dress a certain way. And I didn't want to dress that way. So I was very conflicted by that because I was, like, wanted to be, you know, I got over that. And now I'm like, okay, like, come. Well, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, come as you are. Come as you are. That's Come right. As you That's are. Right. It's like, you know, even, you know, I know people like to dress up to church for church on Sunday, but you don't have to. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus yeah. said, Come as you are. So I think that's that's so powerful. Uh, thanks for that reminder. Yeah, for sure. You know, I know um, when I was in Shargao, even before, like when I was doing my energy healing training, um, I felt like I needed all these things. Like, I need my crystals and I need my incense and I need to do this and that and that. But in Shargao, I didn't have any of that. And so, and, and so that's funny how, but that's when the intuition and the gifts that I have now came about when I didn't have anything, when it was just back to the basics, back to the foundation. So, yeah. Yeah, I had a similar story. We have we have some funny parallels. Yeah, some it's funny. I for, I had forgotten about this too until somebody reminded me. But yeah, this is a whole other story. But somebody <laughs> actually like smashed throughout and destroyed like the majority of my spiritual tools, my statues, like all of my favorite oh, things. My and at first, I was kind of devastated. I was like, "Oh my god, my things!" And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Wait a second, like." I don't need those things. Like nobody can take God away from me. Nobody can separate me from the divine. I don't actually need those things. Like, yes, I like them and I was attached to them, but I don't need them. And, and it was very, um, it was empowering. It was very interesting. It was not, not the lesson I expected, but it's true. Yeah. We actually don't need these things. Tools are helpful 
And, yes. you know, this is why, and again, this is back to meditation, right? Is because we create, we connect with the inner divinity because that's all you need. We just need to work with the divine and then the divine will work through us in, in whatever we do. Um, wow, Michelle, thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. I've learned so much and I'm just so touched by your, your amazing journey. And can you please tell everyone where can they find you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. It's such a pleasure to connect with you and to share the story. Um, yes, please connect with me. So you can find me on, I have a website, www.buahealing.com or on Instagram, it's Healing. Those are the main places where you can find me and connect with me. And I'd love to yeah, hear your story. Anybody listening, please do. This is so enriching to, to share in this way. This is something that I think we all need in our lives and, and just helps us shine more brightly in the way that we need to. It really does. Cause I remember when, you know, now it's more of a trend that people are more vulnerable on social media. But mm-hmm. I remember when that first started happening, I felt so reassured because especially when I was younger, you know, I think there's a point where for me anyway, there was like a long time where I thought I was the only person who dealt with X, Y, Z things like ego things. And then when I actually realized that, Oh my God, every single human being is dealing with this. It was like so much, Oh, I was like, Oh, it's okay. Like, you know, we're all going through stuff. No matter how somebody presents on the outside, we don't actually know what's going on with them internally. So that's why it can be so um, helpful and encouraging to share in these ways and be a little bit vulnerable and share some of our shadow stuff because it makes us human you know, and then exactly. it just reminds everybody like, Hey, we've all got our stuff, you know, we're all working For on sure. it. Yeah. And, and we heal and we can heal together. We're not meant to do this alone. Right. Many so. hearts, many hands. What is it? Many minds. Yeah, many exactly. hearts, many hands, many minds. That's yeah. absolutely beautiful. I love that. And that, that should like, that's my vision for the world really. Cause we, we can't do it alone. We cannot what, you know, I think some of all of us healer types, we have this sometimes like carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. And it's just like, it's too massive of a job. Like we, we have to yeah. work together. We all have to play our part. We have to like all put our hand in. And if enough of us do that, then I think we will. I think we're already, I mean, it, it's yeah. like, it seems like things are really like, going crazy right now but that as we know because from the work we do like this is what happens before things get really good this is the purging this is the exposing this is the bringing up of all the crap like this is what shadow work is right you got to bring it up and so it's like i'm getting this image of like it's like vomiting sorry guys. well and that's why you know like when you work with certain plant medicines or certain herbs and stuff that's what you do right like you vomit because you purge out all of the old before you can like have something new come in so i think yeah well with the wounds things literally coming out of my body it was so interesting yeah that's so interesting actually I I knew another woman who had a similar thing happen she she went away somewhere and her hands all broke out in like rashes and eczema like really awful and then she met a healer and the healer told her it's because you're a healer and until you start using your hands to heal people your hands won't heal so she went and did some training there where she was and um her hands cleared up so it's it sort of reminds me of you know so, oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah, totally relate. Yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. like you, like even the story, like you never had wounds before in your life, and all of a sudden here you are, and like these, like, and that's a pretty unusual thing to happen too. Like just have wounds opening up all over you for no reason. But that's yeah. also very symbolic too. You know, that's like that's what we do when we do the shadow work too, right? Is we're like opening these wounds and kind of going in and 
Sometimes yeah. it's not so fun, but the result is always. <laughs> to oh, do yeah. It. Yeah. I, I'm alive today and better for it. So yeah, I'm grateful for the wounds. <laughs> it's weird yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm feeling like I need to add a little PSA here. PSA, everybody. Like if you, just yeah. sit with your, if you just sit with your stuff and have the willingness to look at it and dig it up, it might be uncomfortable temporarily, mm-hmm. but what comes after that is more lasting peace, more lasting joy, more lasting contentment. So, you know, it's a little bit of, discomfort for what is potentially going to be like more, more comfort and more peace. Yeah, absolutely. I entirely agree. (laughs) Michelle, thank you so much. I've loved this chat so much and I know a lot of people are going to love it too. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. So much blessings to you and so much love. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. (laughs) You've been listening to a voice for love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.